0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to the John DiPietro Show.
1: JKL Engineering, call them today, 401 351 7600. 401 351 7600 for JKL Engineering. This time of year, the temperature, it's getting chilly, it's getting cold. When are you going to first put on your heat? Call JKL Engineering, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Hey, face it, whether we like it or not, the heating season is here. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, J.K.L.'s reputation second and none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a Navien certified factory dealer called jkl today for system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump remember estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial call jkl engineering at 401-351-7600 i'll give you that number again 401 401- 351 7600 JKL, they'll keep you cool in the summertime, warm in the wintertime. Estimates are free. Financing is available. And the highest rebates on the market, call JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. There's the links to uh, all our different uh Social media accounts, and then also you can read all the latest headlines. I have some stories up there about the protesters on the highway. There's some video there. It's a happening. It's all at depetro.com. And don't forget depetro.com. Brought to you by Mills Coffee Roasters. You can link right through. Well, it is Wednesday, and uh, Governor mundo press briefing is going to be happening uh coming up at one o'clock. Obviously, I'll be there. We'll cover it. I also want to remind you what a beautiful Wednesday it is. Look at that blue sky after all that. Rain we had, folks. This is a good day. Get out of the house. A lot of people didn't go out yesterday because of all that heavy rain. And uh, swing by Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, thirty six eighty eight Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They have had a tremendous season, and you'll see why. They're right off of Route four, and where do you see? They they have the best pumpkins in the state. Carving pumpkins, sugar pumpkins, gourds, fall arrangements and crafts, straw, corn stalks. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook, and then their website is prmaterials.shop. So coming up, um, we'll have uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is going to join me on this Wednesday. And then Governor Raimondo. Now, this is an important press briefing coming up at 1. Now, I will be attending it, and then I'll uh, be talking and questioning and asking questions of the governor, I should say. Folks, the numbers are going up. The numbers are going up and the hospitalizations are going up. So I know some people are tuned out, but your life is going to be dramatically affected if they start to roll back. Some states have rolled things back. Rhode Island so far has not. And so this is going to be important. Also, we'll get an update as far as the schools, Uh, as I mentioned yesterday. And I thought Donna Perry framed it uh, perfectly. And that is right now, based on the science. There is no reason why children should not be in school. I also think, and I think you'll agree with this, the media has to be more responsible when they're talking about outbreaks in college students and at the colleges. There's not one college student in the hospital, in the ER, or on a ventilator. There's not one child, K through 12, in Rhode Island now, that is on a ventilator in the hospital. None. So, you know, that's a good thing, that children, the younger people, tend to be... Tend to be asymptomatic, and that's very, very positive. Um, and the, and speaking of that, by the way, I want to draw attention. Yesterday was the deadline. All schools should be back, or or today, uh, some back, some way in, um, in for in-person learning. And for whatever reason, the Pawtucket School District, Pawtucket, is all online distance learning. Folks, that is just, I I feel terrible. Uh, Pawtucket is not known. Let's be honest. Pawtucket's certainly not known for their schools, but that is cruel to do to those kids. There's no excuse. Think of that. That is ridiculous, but that is the power of the teachers union. And obviously I'll tell you a couple of districts that just don't care. They're not there for the kids. They're there simply just for the jobs and the teachers and the perks. They call it, it's too adult centric. And those communities are Pawtucket, Warwick and Coventry without question it's it's you know Pawtucket I'm not going to go on and on but they should be overtaken by the state they're an underperforming district terrible scores terrible I feel bad for any child in Pawtucket that has to go to those public schools all distance learning complete selfishness on behalf of the, the adults so I think Governor Raimondo was going to touch on that but the number of people in the hospital has certainly, I think it's doubled in the past week. So there are numbers up, but it's not young people. It's still tending to be older people. Now, tonight, as you know, there's dual town halls. And this th- this is so unfair to President Trump because the Presidential Debate Commission really dropped the ball. So he, excuse me, tomorrow night, he's gonna be on NBC doing a town hall meeting in Miami, outside, And Biden is going to be an ABC doing a town hall meeting. There's no reason why the two men, Vice President Biden and President Trump, both couldn't be outside in Miami tomorrow night. And it would certainly behoove the president to be up against it and to be up against Joe Biden. Let everyone see, let him talk it out. I I know, folks, as I said, incumbent presidents traditionally don't do well in the first debate. They do better in the second debate, in the third debate. And suddenly now the only debate left on the schedule, unless they add one, and I don't think the Biden people are going to add one, is next week. So the president needs to be in the same room with Joe Biden. He he just does. And we just this is not helping the president, uh, because everyone would tune in to see the two of them. But Biden will get a lot of obviously the Democrat voters and he'll get a lot of the independent voters. President Trump will pretty much just get a lot of the vote Trump uh, supporters. So the, the president really needed this debate tomorrow night with with Vice President Biden to show the contrast between the two men. Because right now when the president is on Fox or he's alone or doing a rally, folks, he's just he's preaching to the choir. The reason President Trump won four years ago is he was able to reach independent voters and also Democrat voters. And if he's not getting the coverage on that, if they're not even tuning in to hear him and then seeing the difference, you need both men there answering the same question. And without that happening, it does not benefit the president. So whether it is Team Trump that were quick, too quick to say, no, we're not going to do it, or it's the Presidential Debate Commission. Either way, this is going to be, if the polls are accurate, this is going to be a very, very close election. We're seeing that in a lot of the battleground states, it seems very, very tight. Florida, Pennsylvania, Arizona, North Carolina, Ohio, those are all states that the president needs to win. And he, he really needed a debate tomorrow night with Joe Biden. The president doing a town hall meeting, it's just, to me, it's just, it's not the same so it's um and and i know the people saying you know the media has got to ask biden tough questions folks if you haven't gotten it at this point that they're not going to ask him tough questions i don't i don't know i don't think i can convince you listen they're not going to ask him tough questions they want the president out they want biden in end of story well the heating season is definitely here don't forget about friends at henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 henry oil make the switch serving most rhode island and southeastern mass i'm asking you this heating season switch over to henry oil 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery it's henry oil residential commercial fuel oil delivery give them a call Lori carmine they're just terrific Henry oil. Who's your oil company? I'm asking you switch to Henry oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, Henry oil, 401 521 401 521 for Henry oil. Now, speaking of the campaign, let's hope that it backfires a little bit on how rude many of the Democrat senators, especially, did you see Senator Sheldon Whitehouse uh, with his lecture? He didn't, he chose not to question ACB, Amy Coney Barrett, who was brilliant, who had no notes, who is so impressive, who is deserving to be on the Supreme Court. They're going to fall short, go through this process where they're not accomplishing anything. They're trying to tarnish her, all these talking points that she's just there to overturn Obamacare. Folks, it's just ridiculous. But She's going to come out on top. She is. And Senator Whitehouse, just keep in mind, I'll say this. When he talks about dark money, he never talks about all the uh, the groups on the Democrat side, the progressive groups that donate, the conservative groups. They're nothing compared to the dark money on the other side. And this big presentation that he did and the dark money and drawing all these parallels and trying to connect the dots, he, boy, since when did Sheldon Whitehouse become the lead conspiracy person in the senate is that why he's down in washington is that is he representing you when he does all that stuff i'm gonna have a story coming out on that on the uh the website at depetro.com. don't forget folks depetro.com. sponsored by just angels gifts from the heart products include custom religious items remembrance gifts hundreds of other products online at justangelsonline.com. so dan mcgowan of the globe Uh, We have a lot more to get to. And then also Governor Mundo coming up at one. It's all right here. But I I, I did want to mention just that business of Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. I mean, instead of if he truly had questions, if he really had questions about Amy Coney Barrett, he could have used that, but he doesn't. Instead, he just uses it to grandstand to lecture to give his demonstration. Keep in mind, this is someone that did nonstop speeches on uh, global warming and you just, you know, who is he really there serving? I don't see that he's serving the people of Rhode Island. I voted for Bob Flanders. I want to be very clear about that. Hey, a quick reminder with this weather, uh, if you're going to have any paving done residential, commercial seal coating patios, this is perfect temperatures for it called J Perry paving today, high quality fair pricing, exceptional service i wear their shirts at the trump rallies j perry paving they have free estimates any project call them 401-732-1730 do you have a a cracked driveway hey find out about the benefits of asphalt paving it's affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt i mean talk about changing the look of your home j perry paving look for them on facebook and they also have a great website. It's letter J, jperrypaving.com, or call them 401 732 1730 401 732 1730 for J Perry Paving. A lot more head. Leave it right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508 336 2110. 508 336-2110 3, 3, from MEGA, M E G A, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates. F H W A inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service. And also, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time 508- 336 7801. Again, 508 336 7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. Meager professionals. 508 336 7801. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays we start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 9 FM. Always listen online at the website, petro.com uh, Folks, joining us right now, he covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, that was, um, wow, what an extensive article. And the title of it, A Chaotic Campaign Helped Save Rhode Island's House Speaker in 2016. Now it threatens to end his political career. The, uh, the infamous now Jeff Britt trial finally came to an end well at least for now uh till we find out what happens and the judge says on friday in a very extensive article by both you and Ed Fitzpatrick.
0: yeah john what we wanted to do uh with that article was really try to um you know take a look at at sort of everything that happened during the trial but more important during last week's trial which you were at every day uh more importantly though we wanted to use it to almost reconstruct the 2016 campaign between uh, Speaker Mattiello and Steve Frias, because, uh, you you know, we knew a lot, certainly virtually nothing that came out at trial last week was, you know, what was previously unknown. There were things around the margins, some of the surveillance and some of the tactics that the Mattiello campaign used. But generally speaking, we all had a firm grasp, I think on it, but, one of the things that, that I don't think gets done enough—I think you would agree—is, you know, we expect as journalists or as you know on the radio, we expect people to almost follow every single bounce of the ball. And the truth is, and judging by what we saw last week, both from the numbers on people who were reading stories, and even when you look at the people who were, um, you know, following along on the live stream, the numbers just weren't that high. And I think part of that challenge is is that it's pretty confusing in, in real life. Nobody actually knows who Jeff Britt, this political operative is. Uh, you know who the speaker is, maybe, uh, but, but, you know, generally speaking, people are busy. They don't have a lot to, you know, they, they don't have a lot of time to follow this all along. And so what we did was kind of reconstruct that campaign and really try to show uh, the extent of just how far that campaign was willing to go to defeat Steve Rice, and of course, you know, in hindsight, you ask, well, was it successful? They won, right? And the the challenge now, though, is that you know, you you have a trial a couple of weeks before you know voters head to the polls, and uh, so the speaker has a real challenge in Barbara and Fenton And while I think he had a real challenge, no matter uh, what happened in this. Jeff Britt trial I think uh it it certainly adds to you know the the kind of the lingering perception that that Speaker Mattiello is on the ropes here
1: I completely agree and I he he was damaged last week just by nature of the fact that he had to go into court um some of the stuff that did come out that Vic Bichette proved to be a very valuable witness talking about surveillance that that it was Britt that told him to initially go to the Shauna Lawton fundraiser and little stuff of, you know, taking pictures who was there and taking pictures of the guest list. But I also credit her, uh, Dan She's done a good job at making the most out of, you know, what his appearance of, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember. And then yep. it, it it definitely the people that I talked to in Cranston, where I'm from, what really resonated was the uh the element of that there was surveillance done on Frias. That That's right certainly got people's attention and then people start thinking all right if they were you know surveilling him you know maybe they had me on tape talking to him or him coming to my house or whatever it was that is what i glean um has been the most damaged from the whole thing
0: i completely agree john The, the surveillance is the biggest one and you know it's funny this is one of those moments where guys like you and i have to sort of check ourselves and almost pinch ourselves because it, it, I have been so caught up in, you know, covering politics for so long here that almost nothing surprises me anymore, yeah. and and including, by the way, surveillance. And, and the truth is, it's because I've talked to Jeff Britt, Right, he has been. He, it's 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 no doubt that he is a source for many reporters in this market. Uh, he, you know, I have known him in cover for a very long time. In the casual mention that oh, well, we have surveillance video on on this person doing X, right? This isn't just the first time this has ever happened. We almost forget that the average person out there has no idea, you know, what you think when you're running a local campaign, you get a negative mailer that says a guy took a bad vote or, you know, you, you certainly sometimes you get the, who didn't pay their taxes on time, things like that. But imagine if you're Steve Fryas, you're running for office, and you know, he described it to me. He said, I remember I was walking down streets and I would see people I would see a car just sitting there, someone in a car watching me. And, you know, I didn't want to be paranoid about it, but I'd walk towards the car and the car would drive away. And and you you realize I, I think it's I think it's really chilling for a lot of people. And again, as I said before. Barbara Ann Fenton is already a very good candidate. You and I have, have agreed the whole way, pretty much, that she was going to be a, a very serious challenger. But she has done uh, she's done a lot to really capitalize on this. I think um, I would not be surprised if if this is not one of those elections where we, we know the outcome almost right away, almost like the Cranston, uh, the, the Republican primary. I don't know if it'll be that much of a blowout, but it would not stun me if, you know, polls close at 8 o'clock on November 3rd. And by 9 o'clock, we know that this race is, has, has gotten out of hand. It, uh, it would also wouldn't surprise me if it were closer, but it, it feels like all of the momentum is swinging towards Barbary and Fenton Funk.
1: Folks, we speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, were you surprised that in the end, Britt did not take the stand? Because our, our legal expert, Tim Dodd, explained it pretty well, that the whole purpose of having the three witnesses that defense called, which was Leo Skenyon, Matt Jersik and the speaker himself, were that Brit was supposed to get up and contradict what they said. But if basically if you don't take the stand and say, Leo brought me this and Leo said that and walk through what the text meant and you know so and so it it just there was nowhere to go with it. And that's why as I was sitting there and I think your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick noticed the same and that was that the prosecutors were harder on the defense witnesses than the defense was, but the defense had nowhere to go because what was missing was you needed Britt to get up in the stand and say, here's what kind of like really happened.
0: I was very surprised he didn't testify. Uh, He had, you know, I think he had put out some feelers earlier in the week kind of hinting that he may testify, which, you know, in hindsight, and even you kind of know this in the moment, but certainly in hindsight, you know, all of this comes down to, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, on the biggest stage of all, President Trump, or or you're on a very tiny stage as a local, you know, political operative. The the draw to attention and trying to get as much sort of publicity uh, it can be very addictive. You know, again, I think he put out some some the idea that he may might testify. I was really surprised. Um, By the way, I think Tim Dodd did an awesome job with you last week. I I listened every day when just to the coverage. It was really really helpful and very compelling. And you know, you know the the challenge that I think the challenge that Bob Correnti, Jeff Britt's attorney, had was. It, it's you, you run the risk when you put your, you know, the the defendant on the stand of the defendant coming across as either combative or arrogant. Um, and I, I think, look, Jeff Britt is somebody who uh, he, he tends to be, he, he's somebody who certainly likes to settle scores. He tends to want to get even. And you could have had a scenario after you listened to, uh, especially after you listen to both Leo Skenyon, the speaker's chief of staff, and Matt Jerzyk, uh the, you know who was the speaker's kind of top advisor on the legal side, and certainly ran, you know, very much ran the campaign or was the number two in the campaign. Uh, you know, what they they tried to thread a real needle. You heard a lot of I I don't recall exactly to the best of my recollection phrases like that, and I, I think the, the the challenge would have been. With with Jeff Britt getting on the witness stand, would his instincts would have been to uh, almost uh, essentially accuse the two previous you know witnesses of lying, and it could have gotten very. It would have been very entertaining, I should say, but it, it it could have gotten very ugly and really muddied up the 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 decision that the judge has to make. And so I think my guess would be that's why he did not testify, but. Uh, what it did was it, it, it almost made the defense's argument and the witnesses kind of useless. If anything, you yeah. know, they, they they certainly the speaker I think was sufficiently embarrassed by what happened last week, but I, it, it didn't in any way bolster Jeff Britt's case.
1: No, not in any way. And it was interesting. The final morning, I talked with two reporters in the court, and they both said. Oh, no, he's taking the stand. And I got that to be, he was, and I heard it from other people, he was telling people he was going to take the stand. So I text a source I have in the AG's office, and they put, if that is true, you're going to make Steve Danbrook's day. Or (laughs) I think it was him or DeBerry, because they were waiting for him. But they did not think he was going to take it. And that really, you're right, interesting um, that they really would have gone after him. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Um, A lot more Dan McGowan, some great stories in the Globe, call west fountain autobody 401-272-3340 several reasons one they'll handle everything for you two they're going to work for you not the insurance company and three they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom west fountain autobody call them 401-272-3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle west fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401-272-3340 and remember if you're in an accident first thing you want to do call the police fill out a police report if the tow truck shows up tell them let's get this vehicle over to west fountain 401-272-3340
2: have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business
1: brothers disposal call them today 401-688-0517 brothers disposal look for them on facebook they have a great page yellow and purple laker colors brothers disposal they'll put a dumpster in your driveway maybe are you doing a small household construction project or maybe some project around your home Call Brother's Disposal. Let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Or maybe you're deciding to do a little bit of a fall clean-out, get rid of some of your unwanted belongings. Folks, whether it's in the garage, the basement, or the attic, call Brother's Disposal today. 401-688-0517. They'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Come on, Brother, with Brother's Disposal. 401-688-0517. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. With us is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. There is, um, that is a really interesting story about, and I, have I've, this time of year, I do think of him because I got to know Chris Young. I uh, interviewed him when he first came on the scene and uh, H.J.J., who's running for Senate against, uh, against um, in 2000, he was running um, against Bob Wiegand and then he was included in that famous Channel 10 debate at the state house that he just like it was very memorable <laughs> but uh his widow carrie young is sitting on something very valuable and this is a very inter- interesting story to
0: yeah i mean you and i uh, uh reminisced just a couple of months ago after uh chris young sadly passed away from from a heart attack uh back in february is actually right before the coronavirus hit uh or hit hard at least and uh, if you're a reporter in Rhode Island, if you're a listener to talk radio, you almost certainly have a Chris Young story, right? I mean, you you can remember all the times that he snuck through to call into the radio and, and, and oh, you had yeah. to deal with that. And, and certainly, you know, the memorable debates, I remember him, you know, I, I was sitting in the crowd next to his then girlfriend, Kara Russo, when he proposed yep. to her I was sitting right next to her when he proposed to her uh and, and of course she said yes and it was a it was a very uh kind of charming and, and, and certainly funny moment but uh, th- th- this is funny Chris Young owned rather than the typical candidate John DiPietro runs for office you 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 own John com, and you you do own John dot yep. uh you know things like that Chris Young owned a website that he directed, he used as his campaign website that was called wheretovote.com. And he used it very much like the way normal candidates would use their website, put your positions up, things like that. But, you know, in, in now that, that the coronavirus has, has actually sort of raised lots of questions about where people are, uh, are supposed to vote. You see all over the country and certainly in Rhode Island, you know, a consolidation of polling places. I talked to a few political strategists who say that website, wheretovote.com that Chris Young owned and now Kara Young owns uh, could, could have been a very valuable website in this, uh, you know, very strange election cycle. I even had someone tell me, you know, they, they could have paid $20,000 just for the rights to the wow. website um i even talked i'll tell you this i i talked to the uh, a former top advisor guy lives in rhode island former top advisor to uh, uh, pete buddha judge who said boy i'd love to have that website in my arsenal you know if i could uh so real people around the country looked at this and said uh you know, yeah. The, the, imagine what, let's say, imagine you know, it, it, early voting in Rhode Island starts today. Imagine if there was a push to send everybody. You want to learn where you're going to vote to where to vote.com. Uh You know, you could have have done. I mean, certainly both Democratic and Republican operatives could have done all kinds of things with this website. And, and so I, I told Kara. Kara had no idea, by the way. I reached out to her and I just said, hey this, you know, your, the website that, that is completely empty now, um, you know, is really valuable. And I think at first she thought I was trying to buy it from her and, and, and huh. we laughed a little bit and, and she just had no idea. And she said, yeah, Chris, you know, Chris did always talk about this idea that, you know, it's a good way to point people, it, it's, it's a catchy uh, a website, it's a good way to point people kind of where to vote. Um, but no one had any idea that it would be, you know, something that could be really used. And, and I'll tell you, and there's still only a couple of weeks till the election, but I would not be surprised if somebody reaches out and says, hey, you know, we'd love to buy that website because who knows, you know, who knows what, where we're going to be a year or two from now. And, and you, even even in the next couple of weeks, you could have a scenario where people at the last minute want to push out, you know, voting information. So it, it could be an interesting windfall of money for for Carrie Young.
1: However, she's uh, apparently uh, according to your article, waiting for divine guidance
0: that's right, she says that she's going to wait and, and, and let God tell her what to do, which no surprise the, the youngs are obviously a very religious uh, uh, family, and so uh, I, I joked with her this morning after the story ran and, and I just said to her, "Hey, um, I know you're waiting for God, but you know if, if a bunch of money comes your way, you might want to jump on it and she laughed and, and, and you know called it a day but it, it, very interesting. It's totally a quirky thing. It's one of those things that you never thought that Chris Young would play in this election cycle, but somehow, some way, we found a way to get Chris Young in the election cycle.
1: That is in, what an unbelievable story. And I do remember at the time that it was the, like domains like that were yeah. available and people would just grab him. He grabbed him. It's all these years later. And, and uh, Karen now uh, owns it. Dean McCowan, um, I also just want to touch on the woman who falsely claimed to have cancer must repay the money. Um, the The Globe does have it. It was the Associated yeah. Press, but just that—that that is still one of those stories that jumps out. And you guys do have a a good story on it. Well, I,
0: I, anytime stories like this, where where somebody you know allegedly fakes sick, or or you know, we've certainly seen a bunch of those stories lately with uh, some of the the CARES Act money, people taking advantage of it and, and having fake. Uh, you know, fake businesses and things like that. Um, I think anytime you get those, you get lots of attention towards them. And this one is just kind of a, a very tragic or unfortunate story. Because anytime somebody, you know, do, just doesn't tell the truth about about something so serious, uh, it, it's really, it's kind of deeply disturbing.
1: Um, on top of that, folks, in the Boston Globe, we speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. This is the first article that I have seen. Your colleague, Amanda Milkovitz, has it. But it's a really interesting debate, and it has to do with this whole business of uh, the body cam videos that's on police. For instance, we've noticed now whenever there's some questionable crime, a lot of people start demanding the body cam footage be released. And and I remember it most recent. Well, the time that it really seemed to bubble over was after that first big protest yep. the big protest of the summer and then you had the providence firefighter who claimed that he was at gunpoint uh profiled and he, even though he was in uniform all these people were screaming release the body cam footage release the body cam footage and and what's uh, what what i like about the article is it it goes in depth how peter the is saying hey not so fast because there's a lot at stake here if you just release footage.
0: Well, this is the, the, you know, uh, I'm going to say unintended consequences of that level of transparency. I remember I, I was at Channel 12 and I, I sat in a lot of very, very long meetings when Providence was implementing these body cameras. And a lot of the questions came around, you know, what public, when does the public have access to the video that gets taken? And you think... You know, without, without necessarily immediately thinking about um, the legal consequences, if you're a member of the public, you think, boy, just about, you know, they should always release it. Of course they should, right? And, and you should immediately give in. As a reporter, I certainly am somebody who uh, very much advocates for uh, uh, being able to have access to these videos right away. But the, the, the dangerous thing is you release something to the press suddenly it's on TV and then you want to use it as, as maybe in a, in a trial, you want to use it as evidence. Uh, these things can, can really be, uh, they can be tossed out in court and, and, and it can be really, um, really difficult to try to prove the criminal case um, in the event, if some of this information or some of this video kind of leaks out early, and so, what with the AG, what AG Peter Noron is doing is he's trying to kind of get a, a, a clarification on when is the right time, and you know, will this affect legal cases? My gut is, and I'm no lawyer, but my gut is that the, the Supreme Court will probably, you know, sort of opt on the side of transparency, but leave open the, you know, the the chance to not have to release these things. That's how most of the in states and in, in most states and cities. Uh, with body cameras do have this that where you know you remember Chicago had the famous case where there was a ton of video and and I think after a murder and and they you know held on to the video for a very long time and ended up having to release it you can always find ways to keep information um sealed or or not release it but Generally speaking, I, I, my gut is, I think the AG wants to opt on the side of, of, of transparency, but yes, I think it can have real legal consequences. I should say to the credit of the Providence Police Department, they don't get nearly enough credit, certainly for this, in almost Agreed. every controversial issue that has, been, that has occurred since they implemented these body cameras. Uh, think of the, 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 the shooting outside the Providence Place Mall on the highway. Um, certainly you mentioned the firefighter or the Cat Kerwin incident very recently.
1: Cat Kerwin, that important. The, yeah. the
0: Providence Police Department has relatively quickly released uh, body camera footage. Now, there are times where they don't, uh, and there, there there are times where I'm not, I don't think they're perfect, but they have done a very good job of this, and actually, I I, I sort of there's a part of me that wants to applaud the ag because it looks like we're going in a direction where more departments are going to be getting body cameras certainly there's a talk about maybe the state police doing this and it would be nice to have kind of a an overarching uh, uh policy or at least directive uh because it's one thing the providence police get so much attention and they they hand, and they're a pro- very professionally run department when you you know when you have a smaller department. The easiest thing to do is to, you know, immediately say we're not giving anything and then hope that nobody call, no reporter calls or no citizen calls. So to have kind of a broad policy or, again, at least some broad guidance, I think, will be really helpful as more of these departments get uh, get body cameras.
1: You know, it's also uh, Dan McGowan. It's not a Providence case, but people forget that the George Floyd video was shot by. You know, there was someone on the sidewalk that filmed that. And then by the time Minneapolis did release or somehow at least some of the body cam footage, I am still shocked they didn't put that out earlier. Because what you see is that the man was in distress while he was even just in the car when they did get him in the car. He was saying, I can't breathe. So that I I don't know enough about it. It is kind of a gray area where it can be a judgment call um and sometimes uh, you know if depending on what the community does for instance as you know the other night um a monday night that some man went on a rampage outside joe palino's building and and he had a machete and they had to have him at gunpoint now if some reason some group started to object the way he was arrested or a high profile protester was arrested on saturday if she had suddenly started to tell a different story it seems like the police have it in their arsenal well but um it, I credit well, no never yeah go
0: underestimate ahead. john and, and, and without i am not gonna pretend to know every single fact about the Floyd case, but never underestimate uh you know what the you know what the boss's control here is in certain cases, and so look there are times where uh, you know, the police, I think, would love to have uh, body camera video released. The cat Kerwin example is a good one. Uh, nobody objected yes. to doing that. And it's because it made a point of how, uh, you know, how terribly uh, she treated the Providence police. I think in more questionable situations, you do have times where maybe the mayor, again, not Mayor Alorza, but any mayor might say, "Ooh, can we put the brakes on that? Or any chief might say, can we put the brakes on that? But he, you know, go back to that that very first that 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 shooting on on the highway. Um, you remember the way that played out, which was the state yep. police were very reluctant to to release information. Remember, they had a very strange press conference where the colonel at the time kind of didn't want to say anything at all. And and who was who yes. was it that took the lead? Colonel Perry, who who kind of stepped yep. up and said, "You know what? We're gonna not only are we gonna talk to you about this, we're going to literally." narrate the video you're watching uh and, and you know that wasn't just cop video uh, body camera video that was also the the surveillance on the highways and things like that but literally you know walked everybody through it which again one it showed that i think they did a very good job but it also helped to, to you know frame the story as we did a good job right it, it was mutually beneficial yes. uh there and i think oftentimes it does benefit Uh, I think it does benefit the departments to do this. And and why is that? Because most of the time, these guys are trying to do the best they can. Do they always do it? Of course not. There are plenty of examples where that's not the case. And, you know, they should be disciplined, all that stuff. But it it is, most of the time, it involves the police doing a, a relatively good job or at least being in a really difficult position. I think the public knowing more about that sooner probably would help
1: yeah that was quite a demonstration that they put on showed exactly how they acted with there the was, on live scheme, and was proactive <laughs> and it was and and the fact that the state police was then that saturday right. they still didn't do anything and it seemed like providence forced the hand tim mcgowan i mentioned joe palino you've covered providence for a number of years now do, do you notice i'm just curious as a reporter and as a resident but does the city feel more dangerous yes. or in covering it, 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 is it more dangerous? It
0: does. I, I think it feels that way. And I think, look, I could talk, you know, your ears off about where crime was in 1990 versus where crime is now. Um, I think that's a relevant discussion. It doesn't change the fact that you're seeing, you know, I think we had another homicide last night. Uh, you know, it doesn't change the fact that you're seeing a huge uptick in shootings, um, in aggravated assaults, uh, you know, I think in the case of of Mayor Palino's si- uh, situation, at, you know, outside of his building, you know, he did the he probably took the right approach because clearly that was somebody who was who was likely mentally ill and had some challenges there. But yes, I think there's no doubt that you are seeing uh, you are seeing a spike right now. And look, this is not uncommon. There's been plenty of years. I can recall back in 2014 when. Uh, violence. There was a stretch about a month of it was it was pretty violent. There was a couple of murders. There was some shootings. And in in fact, that year ended up, you know, historically being one of the lowest crime number, you know, years on record. That's the thing. You can have low crime and it doesn't mean no crime. I know that's a silly rhyme, but it's true. Uh, And right now you have a moment where you are, you know, you hear from the police officers. They say that there's clearly some you know, uh, gang rivalries that are simmering here, and these things happen for lots of different reasons. I mean, sometimes it's literally just kind of when people are getting out of jail uh, and, and things like that. And then, and of course, you know, we were cooped up in our homes for for months and months and months. I think there's a lot of that. Now, that's not an excuse. Let's be, be very clear, but I do think you you see kind of a, a lot of. Uh, you certainly see a lot of anger. I think, particularly the young people in this city, and uh, it's something that that the city's going to really have to kind of wrap its hands around. Because what what you're not seeing a lot of is uh, you're not hearing a lot from the mayor. You're you're hearing kind of one-off uh, statements from the city council. But you know, it's almost one of these moments where, especially if you're, let's say, you're the city council president, Sabina Matos, not a major fan of the Providence Police Department or at least the Providence Police Union. Um, this is one of those moments to kind of put aside the the politics and who's right and who's wrong over defund or any number of other issues and just say, look, we got a problem in our neighborhoods. You know, what do you need? And let's try to get it done. Um, I think this is one of those moments to do that. Um, and we haven't had a lot of them in recent years, but uh, I, I will say I'm also skeptical because I think people have really, uh, dug their heels in. You know, I think the city council, uh, I, I don't know that you could get a vote. I, I've, I've often said to you, I don't know that you could get a vote to defund the police on the city council. I, I, similarly, I don't know that you could get a, a vote to, you know, offer more support to the Providence Police Department on the council. So it's people are really stuck right now. And um, it's to the detriment, I think, of the entire city.
1: I, I agree. And Friday I went to, they had the event where they were destroying some of those ATV vehicles and so forth. And so there's all the police. So start 1115, Mayor Lorz arrives 1130, but he went out of his way, got up and said, I want to thank chief Clements, who I think is one of the best chiefs in the country and one of the best police forces. And, and then people forget they they, the police union, they took a no That's confidence right. vote against him and Perry earlier in the summer. And so that still exists. and, um i'll I'll leave it this day when i talk with police one of the major challenges they have and and mayor lorza doesn't seem to address it or know how to address it but that is there are people in the community that do not come they don't cooperate with the police you're getting all these stories people think you know someone gets shot you'd call nine one one. they don't they drive the people to the emergency room yesterday there were three people that showed up i think all in the same vehicle they drive them and then when the police get there, they won't cooperate. They won't say who fired the weapon, who it was. It's it's almost impossible. They won't give up evidence. They won't and give they, up and, cell phones. And, and to that your point, and, you know, and,
0: and we should say the one thing that's that is, I'm going to say a positive kind of spin on this is that it, what you would hear, Chief Clements, you would hear lots of the Providence Police Department say is the, the there's very rarely. Uh, you know, uh, actions where somebody doesn't know the perpetrator, especially shootings, right? Usually folks, you know, Correct. it's gang members or people know, you know, they're certainly wrong place at yep. wrong time, but it's, it's usually targeted. targeted. That's exactly yeah. right. And, and so on one hand, you say, well, look, if you're minding your own business and you live, you know, on the east side of Providence, chances are you're going to be perfectly safe. The problem is, is exactly what you just described. And John, the number of times that I, you know, when I was at Channel 12, I, my job was to go get police reports every day. And the number of times, I would say hundreds of times, that did I grab a police report and it would describe, you know, young man shot in the arm was completely uncooperative. You know, I mean, that happens far more often than not. And what it leaves is, you know, the the way every every analyst, every professor says you know solving crime, solving certainly murders takes you know, it's the first forty eight hours to really be able to get it done right that's the key, but if you have nobody willing to cooperate it means you have to go back you have to you know find somebody that was that may have seen something then they're you know a questionable and maybe timid witness it becomes very very difficult if you can't get You know, again, the guy who gets shot and says and knows exactly who did it and won't say anything at all. And then, you know, oftentimes wants to go back on the street and and retaliate.
1: That and you'll you'll have someone murdered. They'll have thousands of cash in their pocket. They'll have a luxury automobile. And then when the by the time the police get there, they they, somebody, the family, the friends, they remove the cell phone. And the cell phone would most times show that they were texting with someone, okay, let's meet at the corner of so-and-so. They show up, they open fire on them, it would be, okay, let's get it. But then the family will say, oh, no, he didn't have a cell phone. I mean, think who has a cell phone in this day and age, but someone that has right. thousands of dollars, a luxury car, he didn't own a cell phone. Folks, each day I start the day with a uh, free email that I received from Dan McGowan. And uh, Dan, how can people start? Yeah, up their day and get every broken?
0: single every single weekday, you're going to get it. It's free before eight a.m. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of original reporting from me. Sometimes I break stories. Sometimes I just have an interesting uh, thought, or at least I'd like to think that. Uh, and, and then, of course, you get all the links. You know, my fun Chris Young story today, or or Amanda's really important story about body cameras. You get all the links, so you get everything you need to know. And then you get a breakdown of what's happening. Today's Wednesday, so it's Governor press conference day. Uh, you know, we, who's speaking at Brown? Who's, you know, what big meeting is coming up? Um, takes five, six minutes tops to read and you get it before 8 a.m. If you just send a blank email, it's all you have to do, blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. Uh, you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow. I'll add you right to our list and uh, and, and you'll be right there. So rinews at globe.com.
1: He's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, Thanks great so much job. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Miga Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401 431 2300. Saving, whether it's residential, commercial, seal coating or patios, J Perry paving. They'll always provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Folks, this is the perfect time to have it done Call J Perry paving today. They offer free estimates for any project. Their work is just fantastic. Look for them online. It's J Perry Paving.com or call them 401 732 1730. 401 732 1730. Visit their website jperrypaving.com and also look for them on Facebook J. Perry paving Find out about the benefits of asphalt J. Perry paving 732 1730.